Welcome to the Tally Room Podcast. I'm Ben Rowie. Today I'm talking about the Penrith City Council election with Alina Higgins, Senior News Reporter for the Western Weekender. Hello, Alina. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. So the city of Penrith is famous in state and federal elections as the home of marginal seats. While Labor has traditionally dominated the area, the Liberal Party has been pretty competitive and often won the local seats at a state and federal level over the last quarter century. Um, The same trend can be seen on the local council, which we're going to be talking about today, where Labor is the biggest party, but there's also quite a large Liberal bloc. Um, at the 2016 election, Labor won seven seats alongside five Liberals and three Independents. This council has been pretty much unique amongst the big urban councils that I've been looking at because the two major parties appear to have worked together when it comes time to electing the mayor, swapping the office back and forth, sometimes with the Independents running against them. Alina, how do the parties on council work together the rest of the time? Uh, generally, Labor and Liberal work well together on the council with consensus on the large majority of issues. Um, it's usually the more outspoken independents who tend to vote against certain items, um, for example, rate rises or the development of uh, the costly city park, which is being built in the centre of Penrith. Um, obviously, I'm not privy to the briefing sessions held behind closed doors, but by the time they arrive at council meetings, there generally appears to be a, a united front between the major parties. Um, however, that's not to say that they, don't, that they don't take the party line from time to time. Um, only recently, Labor was nudged out by the Liberals and Independents when voting on the uh, New South Wales government's proposed amendments to the Penrith Lake SEP, um, with Labor refusing to support the potential inclusion of a private golf course. So there are times when they do take the party line, but um, I would say the majority of items that are passed on council are either unanimous or perhaps um, one of the outspoken independents are voting against it. And what are the issues at the moment that have been um kind of defining this election? Well, the issues at the moment, I guess, would be overdevelopment. So a lot of people are concerned that Penrith is losing the country feel, I guess, um, that it's known for. Um, Also, the lag in infrastructure with that development that is occurring. Um, Traffic congestion is becoming a big issue as well in Penrith. Um, And, you know, council and the state government are doing a lot of road upgrades to help boost that. But some people think it's, it's not keeping pace with the development. Heat mitigation is also a big issue in Penrith. Obviously, we are um, one of the hottest areas in Australia in summer. So, uh, council is really trying to, um, you know, increase green grid strategies, green spaces, um, and just try to do anything to sort of mitigate the heat that Penrith um, suffers mostly during the really scorching summers. Jobs closer to home. So, I think the statistics are alike, more than 66% of people living in Penrith actually have to commute um, further afield for work. So finding jobs closer to home uh, would be, you know, a number of uh, residents would see that as a key concern. Um, And also the cost of living. And I think that's just across Greater Sydney in general. Um, But I think that's always an issue as well. So in Kingswood in particular, um, clustering of boarding houses has also been a major issue probably for the last several years now with council advocating the state government to make changes to its affordable housing SEP, which it has done, but um, boarding houses are still being built, rows of them really, in Kingswood and the residents who have lived there for decades are saying that it's destroying the suburb and I think that they would definitely be looking at candidates who would be willing to sort of tackle that issue because I think that they feel that councillors and council haven't done enough to try to help them.
And are any of those issues ones where you get a real divide between Labor and Liberal? Because it sounds like mostly it's a it's kind of a consensus-driven council. There's these issues that people want addressed, but are there any big, like, head-clashing issues amongst those between the parties? Not really. I mean, the biggest thing that comes to mind was the private golf course for the, the lake set. Generally, there is consensus. And, I mean, sometimes Labor councillors go a little bit harder on the state government for obvious reasons. But generally, it is a very calm, maybe there's some personal niggles between the councillors, but generally, and, and especially the the outspoken independents, but generally between the major parties, there's I, I can't really think of anything else that they're really polarised about on those key issues. So those three independents, would you would you describe them as conservative? You say outspoken, are they? Like, what are the issues that they tend to be outspoken on? Two of them are outspoken. So Marcus Cornish and Kevin Cramery are quite outspoken. Marcus is outspoken about um, rate rises. Kevin is also outspoken about rate rises uh, as they relate to rural landholders. Um, so rural landholders in Penrith have been, or well, the outlying areas of Penrith have been really hard hit by land increases. Because the land's, the land's getting more valuable, so the rates are going up. That's correct. And they're having to pay sometimes four, five, six, seven thousand dollars uh, in rates. And a lot of these people who live in Kevin's in Northward, for instance, are pensioners. So they've lived there for decades upon decades and they just don't have the the money to be able to pay these exorbitant rates. So both of them are very vocal about that. Kevin's very vocal about council prioritizing road upgrades. So he opposes City Park. He thinks that the money should be spent you know, upgrading the roads. Marcus, yeah, he's very big on, he, he, he didn't believe that there should have been a, a rate peg rise. He thinks that during COVID, uh, residents have suffered enough and we should be sort of giving them a reprieve. Um, Jim Aiken, he's, he's definitely not as outspoken, um, but Marcus and Kevin are, are definitely chime in during the council meetings and are very vocal on issues. Marcus Cornish and Kevin Cramery, they're both independents in the North Ward and Jim Atkins in the South Ward and there's none in the East. Um, I wanted to talk just quickly and jump in if you if you want, Alina, about the geography of the council a bit because you've got these three wards. The East Ward, which is the one that's a bit closer to Blacktown and Fairfield, covers St Mary's, uh, a bunch of other suburbs, Kingswood, but a bunch of other suburbs around there, but St Mary's would be the biggest one. It's a lot more Labor voting than the rest of the council. Um, and then you've got the North that covers part of the CBD, Emu Plains, kind of going up to, Lo- to Londonderry. And then you've got the South, which uh, goes basically all the way down to the border with Liverpool, but um, has Mulgoa, for example, Jamison Town, places like that. Um, is there much of a sense of differing issues between these different areas? Like obviously the the east is more Labor dominated than the other areas and that is where Labor has their seventh councillor. Um, but apart from that, is there much of a divide or it's mostly the same issues everywhere? Yeah, so East Ward is uh, the most hotly contested ward in this election for good reason because... Obviously, uh, St Mary's is going to welcome the north-south metro line and that's going to bring massive changes to St Mary's. So just recently, um, East Ward councillors have sort of said, look, you know, the new council must 
focus its attention on St Mary's because over the last sort of five years, it seems like Penrith has been receiving most of the investment. So the River Precinct in Penrith, for example, has just seen tens of millions of dollars poured into that. There's development happening all along that River Precinct. There's development happening within the Penrith CBD. Um, and one East Ward councillor who lives locally in East Ward, Trisha Hitchin, said, you know, and we've got crickets out here, basically, she was saying. So I think that East Ward definitely has perhaps feeling of being a, a poor second cousin or something like that to Penrith, and they feel like their time is coming now because I think arguably St Mary's will almost be one of the most progressive areas over the next sort of five or ten years with the development of the airport, the development of the south north-south rail link. So um, there's going to be a lot of people moving into that area because obviously they're going to be able to access the, the airport easily. So I think that East Ward, definitely there are, are different issues. Um, with North Ward, like I said, there's quite a lot of um, rural landholders in that sort of outer part of that ward um, and their concerns are rates and what have you and perhaps not having the same sort of amenities. So some of them don't have curb and guttering things that city dwellers or the people inside Penrith take for granted, they don't get, whereas they're still having to pay these massive rates every year. So that's an issue for them. And in terms of South Ward, I can't really think of anything, perhaps just the airport and, you know, maybe concerns about noise, but uh, South Ward takes in Jamison Town, which takes in the River Precinct. So they've had a lot of investment and a lot of attention, I guess, recently. Can I throw in one other thing there as well? The East Ward uh, when the COVID outbreak was at its peak and we had these LGAs of concern that had stricter rules, Penrith was the only place where they drew those rules not on the council ban- boundary, right? Down the middle. <laughs> yeah, the list of suburbs that they added to the LGAs of concern basically is the East Ward, right? Like it's yeah. pretty much follows that boundary. Probably a poorer part of um, the electorate, more Labor voting. In that way, it's a bit of a microcosm of that divide that existed all across Sydney, right? You had the more working class areas where people were more likely to have to leave their house to go to work. Maybe a bit of that also applied within Penrith. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, um, you know, I was speaking to one of the independent candidates who's vying for a seat on East Ward, and that was one of the things that she was quite critical about. She thought that the East Ward councillors didn't do enough to really stand up and try to um, get rid of that divide or or ease the impact of it. You know, she said, I, I live locally in East Ward and um, I completely felt what it was like only being able to move within a radius of five kilometres from home. And she said it really brought to light how little East Ward has in terms of natural walk, walking tracks and, mm. and you know, parks and recreation in comparison, I guess, to some other areas in the Penrith LGA. So she thinks that there needs to be true local representation. And a lot of councillors on council, a lot of incumbent councillors, they don't actually live in the ward that they represent. Um, and she takes issue with that. What do you think is likely to happen in 2021? The, the Labor Party has seven seats on the council. Um, if they got an eighth, they would have a majority. Do you have a, any predictions, any guesses about what you think might happen? I think a lot of the incumbent um, councillors will 
be re-elected. I think there's a few factors. In each ward, there is one councillor who who is bowing out effectively. So in East Ward, Labor's Greg Davies, he's not contesting the election after 26 years on council. Um, So that opens up a spot um, in South Ward, um, Liberal Councillor Brian Cartwright isn't contesting the election and in North Ward, Labor Councillor Aaron Duke isn't uh, recontesting. So, um, you know, in East Ward, I think you could probably be confident that Liberal Councillor Tricia Hitchin will get up, you know, lead candidate uh, for Labor, Todd Carney, I believe he'll get up. There's a lot of strong independents vying for a spot on East Ward this time and I think, you know, I would be surprised if at least one independent, if not maybe two, got up in in that ward. Uh, And then also you've got the Australia First uh, candidate as well uh, in that ward. I think the ones that maybe have question marks next to them are the number twos for Liberal and Labor. So um, at the moment, the number two for Liberal Bernard Pratusa, he's an incumbent councillor. Um, And then you've got the number two for Labor... Robin Cook. Oh, yeah. So Robin Cook. So she's also an incumbent councillor. I think it just, it will just depend on the sentiment. You know, I think there is sort of a a swell um, of residents who want more independence um, on council and want people to do what's best for their ward, regardless of party politics, you know, I think, um, yeah, so I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I think East Ward will see an independent councillor. That's my prediction <laughs> um, because obviously right now it doesn't have any. If that happens, so the wards each elect five people, probably they're taking a seat off Labor, right, because Labor has three and the Liberals have two and that's the only place where one of the majors has three. So that probably would be knocking Labor down a peg if an independent won that seat. But, um, yeah, so maybe Labor's at their peak now and might go backwards a bit. Potentially, yeah. I think usually it's... Uh, two Liberal, two Labor and one Independent for each of the wards. But um, obviously in North Ward, you've got the two Independents, so that's different there. Um, But, yeah, in terms of South Ward, um, I think Karen McEwen, who is the current mayor, I think she she should get up, as will, I think, Mark Davies, who is the Liberal League uh, ticket holder. Uh, Jim Aiken, so he's the independent there. I mean, Jim has been on council for many, many years, so I'm assuming he has quite a bit of support, um, but you just never know, I guess. And then obviously you've got the um, second place getters, Kath Presti and Mark um, Rusev, Mark's Liberal, Kath's Labor. Kath is an incumbent councillor at the, at the minute. Um, and then Abigail Nash, she is the um, standalone, ind- another independent for that ward who is running ungrouped. Yeah, so with North Ward, uh, there's no Labor councillor Aaron Duke anymore. Um, you know, I predict Kevin and Kevin Cramery and Marcus Cornish, the two independents, will probably get up, um, as will, I'd say, Ross Fowler and John Payne, who have both been on council for 20 years plus um, and seem to have a lot of support. Um, and then it's just whether or not, you know, Labor and Liberal can get another seat each. Um, well, one of them won't if, if the two independents get get up. So, yeah, it's time will only tell. So that's about it for this episode of the Tally Room podcast. Thank you, Alina, for joining me. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. You can check out the Western Weekender at westernweekender.com.au. 
You can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow The Tally Room on Twitter at The Tally Room or like us on Facebook. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of our donors on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash tallyroom. Information about this podcast is available at tallyroom.com.au and you can email questions or feedback to thetallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Krista Bro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.